0: amen hey don't go away david stay up here how many of you love the july 4th holiday i just love to celebrate our independence and you know we shared sunday uh, uh, on july the 4th and the whole service was geared around that and that was your second service as a new american citizen david and perpetua we just need to give the lord thanks for all of that But uh, tell me, I know that you and Perpetua love your nation of Kenya. Yes. And so you didn't leave your nation because you didn't love Kenya. Yeah. But what made the two of you decide that you wanted to come to America and be American citizens? That is, has to be a somewhat difficult decision to leave your family and everything behind.
1: We didn't start off wanting to live in come and, and stay. We came in, to go to school and work and then go back was the idea. But then we developed stuff that we needed help. And then in the process of needing help, we encountered people. We encountered really, really generous people. J, J uh, there know some of them that, that would, would really lay down your life for them. I remember going to, to the church that we were going at that time. And, and and I'm and I'm whining to the pastor that my world has fallen apart. And he says, Oh yeah, yeah, I hear you and I'm praying with you. But you know what we need you to do? Can you come and preach for us next Sunday? I'm thinking, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, and and just a lot of love. And then it came to time to apply for American citizenship. Really, because we, we needed we needed access really to the healthcare. And but we didn't think we qualified. We didn't meet the bar. But I wrote a letter. To, to the State Department, the U.S. federal government, and I explained my case and I pleaded it on the grounds of mercy. I said, I understand, I fall short and, and, and I can't make the standard. And I wrote a letter to the federal government from West Lafayette, Indiana. If you did that in Kenya, they would laugh at you. The government has no mercy, the government follows the law, right? That's, that's kind of the understanding. But they wrote back and invited me to explain physically, face-to-face what's going on. And I was really blown away. Not only are the people merciful, but the government, the bureaucracy, as much as you don't like your government, it is actually I haven't seen others, but from my perspective, the best government in the world. It is a government for the people. And there is freedom. It's a really unique land. It is a very... Every time I listen, you know, the media and people talk, there's a lot of bad-mouthing of the U.S., from Americans, it grieves my heart <laughs> yeah, it is a really great land, it is not perfect and, and as you can notice, I'm a little on the, on the darker side and that can get in your way sometime but even that, compared with what happens to the rest of the world for example, even on the issue of slavery we in East Africa, people are shipped to the Middle East, not to the United States, but they don't even acknowledge it those people don't even live anymore They have no apologies about it. But at the very least, America acknowledges her sins. They are there and they're bad, But America is a good land. It's full of massive people. It has a lot of opportunities. I love the United States of America. Let's give the Lord a hand. (laughs) I want to
0: ask you one more question. Because, you know, all of us, I believe, you know, were born in America, probably, maybe somebody here, but, you know, so our our citizenship came by way of birth. We didn't do anything. Most people who have become citizens know far more history about America than we do. And, uh, but what was the moment like? I can only imagine, but what was the moment like when you stood up and, 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 spoke the oath forth of becoming a citizen and then at that moment you were proclaimed a citizen of the United States. What what was that like emotionally?
1: I'm sorry. It's is, it is hard to describe. But actually the moment went back to five years back when the, you actually qualify. When they give you the green card, you qualify to be an American citizen but you have five years to make sure you are not some hidden secret agent of, of the case. So that time when they wrote me a letter and said welcome to America. That was the most beautiful thing that my wife and I I think I still probably have that letter somewhere else saved. Welcome to America. I had already been here for I don't know, seven or so years. But until then I was a guest. And then he said, Welcome to America. I think we just wept. Yeah. Praise God.
0: (laughs) Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, David. Thank you. We're glad that you're here. You know, I really, uh, I I just love this country. A lot of people say there are things wrong with it, and the only reason that we have things wrong with the country is because we have people in the country. And if we didn't have any people here, it would be a perfect country. Anywhere you got people, you're going to have problems, but give our worship team a hand. I think we're going to go to a, a video, just a moment here. I just love Lee, are you guys going to play it? No, we're, we're
1: leaving, are you done with
0: You're us? leaving? Okay. Tell them goodbye. <laughs> but, uh, but I just love it. I, I, I have a, a patriotic CDs. I love to play all year long, really, but especially along the fourth. And I've just been playing and replaying and replaying Lee Greenwood's Proud to be an American. I just love that song. And for those of you that were here Sunday, you heard the message. You saw the videos that we had, and it was really a, a, a powerful time together. And God's got a lot of great things ahead for all of us. Years ago, President Kennedy, in one of his uh, in his inaugural address, said uh, something that has always stuck with me: "Ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country." And I believe this is a service tonight about not what God wants to do for you, although God wants to bless you. So turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to bless you. you. But I believe that God also wants you to be a blessing to what he has called you to be. And he has entrusted to us, I believe, the greatest nation on the face of the earth. There are two nations that God loves uh, totally, and we know that they're birthed out of his covenant. The old covenant, that's Israel. And the new covenant with which is America, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. But I think we ought to stand and just listen and sing along with Lee Greenwood uh, and "God Bless America." Let's stand. How many of you are proud to be an American? Now, like we said Sunday, picture this 50 foot gigantic screen that you're looking at outside somewhere. We got a big July 4th ceremony going on. Maybe it's live. Maybe Lee Greenwood's here doing it himself. That would be great too. Go ahead and roll it if we got it. Yep, get the lights off and let's bless this great nation. How many of you are proud to be an American? Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. I love the backdrop on this.
2: If tomorrow all things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. there ain't no doubt, I love this land,
0: God bless the U.S.A. Hallelujah. Thank God. Father, I thank you that you would bless this nation just as you have always blessed this nation. Lord, there's no question we've drifted from you, but you have not drifted from us. And I thank you that this land belongs to you. I thank you that there's a part for each and every one of us to play. And we thank you that you're going to heal our land, Lord, and that great things are ahead for us as we focus upon you. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. And we thank you the blessings upon this nation are because of you and because we have given you the honor and the glory, because we have served you. We ask your forgiveness for all of the times we've moved away from you but I thank you, Lord, that you still have a plan for the United States of America. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Well, let's make our confession. The, here it comes. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are yet in front of me, and I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Amen. You all can be seated. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. After the service, if you were not here Sunday, well, even if you were here Sunday... We still have uh, some of these. Uh, Sue O'Brien brought this one to our attention. I really like it, Sue. The Constitution of the United States, the Declaration of Independence, but also uh, important uh, is the uh, right past the introduction are some statements uh, and quotes from some of our founding fathers, and they're really awesome. I encourage you to get this, read it, share it with your kids, and... uh, it's really important that you understand the history of this nation and what God continues to want to do with it, because our nation is in jeopardy. We are under attack. It is no different than on December the 7th, 1941, what uh, President Roosevelt said would be a day that would live in infamy when J- Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. And, and it was an unexp- well, maybe unexpected, maybe expected attack. But the attack that came put us at war with the Japanese. We have been attacked by the devil through this nation, by people in this nation. And I want to call you to attention to this because if you don't understand it, the devil is in the house. The devil is in the United States of America. The devil is good at what he does. Everybody said the devil's good at what he does. He's defeated foe, and, we, and powers and principalities bid disarm, but he's good at what he does if he's allowed to do. How many of you have ever had an unruly child that you raised? Can I see your hands? Uh, how, many, how many would you would say that child was really good at being unruly? Can I see your hands? I, I, Pam and I had six children total between us. Uh, she has three, I have three. Of my three children, I had two children that I mean all you got to do is look at them and they would toe the line. I had one of them that you had to look at them and you had to take a little corporate action with uh, to get their attention. And uh, so it's no different. than than that with with the nation right now. We've got people in our nation that are unruly. They don't understand it because our fight is not against flesh and blood, but our fight will be against the flesh and blood of the people that are moving to enhance the work of the devil. Now, I know that sounds like it's unscriptural, but if somebody's got the devil inside them and they're trying to kill you, guess what? Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is against the devil about what they're trying to do, but it might be good to take them out of action just to get the devil out of the way. Can you say amen to that? I was looking at a shotgun today, and the guy said, I've I've always wanted a shotgun, not to shoot it, not to do anything with it other than to have a shotgun. And so I was looking at the shotgun, and I said, I want one with a smaller barrel than that. And he said, what are you going to do it for? And I'm going to say, shoot anybody that breaks into my house, but hope I never use it. And he just started to laugh, and he said, are you serious? And I said, oh, yes, I, I don't want to ever use the gun. I just want to have the gun, and in case I ever need it, everybody say, in case we ever need it. I want to be able to defend my wife. I want to be able to defend my grandchildren. I don't want to just point at them with my finger and say you shouldn't do that. Folks, it is time that we be prepared for what what God has called us to do and to be the bright light to the entire world, but also to know our nation is under attack. Everybody said our nation is under attack. If you don't believe it, if you're just saying it because I said it, then you're living somewhere in the dark ages and you're just not in tune with what's going on today. And if we don't do something about it, the body of Christ, then the nation is going to continue to drift. I thank God for the patriots and people that have really taken a stand in this nation and taken a toll. Now, I want to give you the scripture that we shared Sunday. And again, this is just a subjective scripture. Uh, there's nothing in this scripture that says it's the United States of America. I've heard some people preach on it, teach on it. Some people in some commentary th- commentaries think it could be America. Some say, well, we don't know whether it's America or not. I think it's an interesting scripture. Tell your neighbor he thinks it's just an interesting scripture. It's in Matthew 21, 43, and it's summing up what Jesus uh, has has said about how they they would not receive him, the cornerstone, and that therefore that cornerstone was going to be taken away from them, talking to the people of Israel, children of Israel. And then in verse number 43, this is what it says. Therefore, I say to you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to you to a nation bearing the fruits thereof. And we talked about this in detail about what is the one nation on the face of the earth that is bearing more fruit than any nation, prospering more than any nation in the history of the world except for possibly King David, King Solomon and what happened back in that area. What nation would be the brightest light to the world to take to all of the Gentiles and to be the number one nation that would be able to help Israel prosper and take care of Israel militarily? And and help them with finances and all of those things. Folks, there is no other nation on the face of the earth that meets that criteria right now. Some people say that nation is yet to come. Maybe so, maybe not. Some people say that is a nation that is here and that is America. Whether it is or whether it's not, it's interesting in the commentary that says, in rejecting Jesus, They, God's chosen people, rejected the kingdom of God, which will be given to a nation, a term signifying a new people of both Jews and Gentiles who will render to God the appropriate fruit. Did America, and was America, founded on the original intent that this was a Christian nation to glorify God that the Mayflower Compact was to further the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the diaries of Christopher Columbus, and all of the things we talked about Sunday. Now, we're not going to go back there, so if you weren't here Sunday, I encourage you to get the message. But we talked about all of it in, in, in detail. I believe that is exactly what America is all about. You and I have a part to play, and America needs you. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, Uncle Sam needs you. It's not Uncle Sam. I believe God needs you to help bring this nation back to its senses and that America needs, kind of like the Marine Corps poster, America needs a few good men. We need some good women. We need some people that are going to stand up, speak up, and yes, act up. How many of you are here when I preached that message several years ago? It was stand up, speak up, and act up. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, because a lot of people say, "Well, I don't want to rock the boat, or I don't want to upset anybody, or whatever." And and then you know, who wants to act up? That's usually a bad commentary. But in First Chronicles, uh, t- well, first of all, in James chapter four, verse seven, or First Peter chapter five, verse eight, James four seven says, "If you submit to God, the the devil will flee." The, the, how many of you believe? Can I see your hands? You really believe that Jesus is alive and well in America? Can I see your hands? I believe that too. How many of you believe that the devil is alive and well in America? Can I see your hand? So therefore, we have a conflict. It's no different than what happened in the book of Genesis when the Garden of Eden was given to Adam and Eve after he created them. He gave them the Garden of Eden. The devil was also there. He could have been thrown out of the garden because Adam had total control to tend and guard the garden. But we know he didn't do it, and he gave the authority and the power and the dominion to the serpent, or to the devil. We have people in this nation today giving the power and the authority that God has given us through Jesus Christ to the devil. And if the body of Christ doesn't wake up, then the devil is going to continue to do what he does an excellent job of doing. Killing stealing and to destroying but the good news is the Calvary's coming so turn to your neighbor and say the Calvary's coming. Calvary's coming now this is going to upset some of you perhaps i hope it doesn't but i want you to know that i voted for donald trump i voted for donald trump because at the at the outset between donald trump And between Hillary Clinton, I took a look at where they stood on what I thought were spiritual matters. And I'm going to talk to you about them in just a moment. I don't know if I voted for the lesser of two evils because, number one, I don't think Donald Trump is evil. But I do think that anybody that is for abortion on demand... Anybody that is for gay marriage, anybody that is for homosexuality and lesbianism to become something that is okay and acceptable, then that person has been influenced by a power, contrary to the word of God, by a demonic influence that is changing their life and helping people move towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And if somebody doesn't speak into their life, then they have a risk that they're going to lose the benefits of God in their life. But for people to sit back and say, well, I don't want to say that because I don't want anybody to feel bad about themselves. Folks, that is a snare. That is Proverbs 29, 25. There are people that do not want to say something to rock the boat. They don't want to say something with their family. They don't want to say something with their friends. They just want to keep everybody happy on the way to hell. And, folks, there comes a point in time when you really need to stand up. You need to speak up. And you need to, yes, on occasion, act up and say what you just said is contrary to the word of God. And if you keep moving that direction, you're going to come out from under the umbrella of God, and you're going to come under the umbrella of the devil. And the devil is going to do to you what he does extremely well. He'll kill you, he'll destroy what you have, he'll eat your lunch alive, and then he'll turn on you and he'll take you out also. Folks, I believe it's time that we know that God needs a few good people in this nation to stand up. So turn to your neighbor and say it's time for you to stand up. But you can't stand up and defend what you don't know. The the Word of God in James 4, 7 says, Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. You can be in a conversation and say, I understand we don't want anybody to feel bad about themselves. My goodness, if you want to do all those things, you go right ahead. I would rather you love me than for me to say something that would make you upset with me. Folks, we are living in a world like that. How many of you know people like that? How many of you have been like that? In times, when you say, I don't want to upset anybody, I don't want to say anything, I don't want to make anybody mad at me, I don't want to do anything, and then people keep moving the direction they're in. 1 Peter 5.8 says, The devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. I believe he does that with people. I believe he does that in nations. You know, a nation just represents the people. Tell your neighbor, a nation just represents the people. So if the people are good, and if the people are doing what God wants them to do, the nation is going to be blessed. And if they don't, then the nation is going to reflect what the people do. In this nation, now listen to this. In this nation, I thank God for the electoral college. How many of you know what the electoral college means? Can I see your hand? If, if, if our founding fathers were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. They knew that we had to have an electoral college because if we didn't, certain areas of the country would become so large that they could control the entire nation. In this nation, right now, if it were not for the electoral college, Hillary Clinton would be president of the United States and the abortion industry would be thriving everything that would be thriving with the uh, treasury department with the uh, uh, irs and telling pastors to be quiet and not say anything or you could lose your taxes status folks this nation if it were based on plurality would have a tremendous mess but the founding fathers knew that the nation had to represent the majority of the people in the areas where they lived and what they themselves believed and these areas would be areas where the gospel of jesus Christ would be priests it's kind of hard to find the gospel of Jesus Christ through much coming out of California it's hard to find too much of the gospel of Jesus Christ coming out of New York City because there are pockets of plurality of millions of people that are anti-Christ anti-America you know it and I know it tell your neighbor you know it but it's not too late turn your neighbor say it's not too late this is not a heavy message. This is a good message. Now, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it's the story about the sons of Issachar. The sons of Issachar, it's a very amazing, interesting scripture as I was reading it over and over again today because it said that they had understanding of the times. They were very brilliant people. Uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 is where it is. It says, the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and their brethren were at their command. What this is saying is that they had understanding of what Israel ought to do based on what God was showing them. And I don't know if we have these two examples that I gave up there or not, but one of them was that they had understanding of the times. The second one was, and it was so powerful in the commentary that I read, it said, with all of their relatives and children under their command. With all of their relatives and children under their their command to know what Israel ought to do. How many of you believe that we have a problem with children and young people in our educational system learning the things of original intent in this nation. Can I see your hands? With all their relatives and their children under their command. The the, the United States was started with the schoolhouses being run by the pastors who would teach the gospel based on the Bible. And the early books were the McGuffey readers that were written by a pastor that were used in all the schools that talked about the Bible and the importance of Jesus and the importance of the Ten Commandments and the importance of living a godly life. That was the original intent. Tell your neighbor that was the original intent. Now today, unless you're a homeschooler or unless you're in a Christian school, you're not going to get that anywhere in school because the devil has lied to people on the Supreme Court. I believe the people who are into working with the devil really believe they're right. I don't believe they're being led by the devil. I believe they really believe they're right. But folks, the people that know that they are right need to stand up and make a difference. Turn to your neighbor and tell them he's talking to you now. Now, I thank God, and it says the sons of Issachar with all of their relatives and children under their command. If there's one thing that is missing today in our school system and in a lot of our homes, it's the discipline of young people being respectful and under command. Discipline and under command. This is the command, this is what the Word of God says, this is what it's going to do. Everybody wants to be lovey-dovey. Get a big smile on your face. Everybody wants to be lovey-dovey. Everybody wants to be loved. I don't want anybody to be upset with me. Now, my wife knows. She, you need to be on the front row here tonight, honey, so you can calm me down. But my wife knows. It's like somebody say, well, you don't want to upset somebody. I can just feel my, I just feel like a, almost a, a, a loving rage inside me, like upset somebody. I don't want to upset them. I want to turn them over. I want to go in there and find that thing inside them and cast it out of them so they can see the truth. Uh, I'm getting carried away. Okay, glory to God. So what we've got to do is understand. Now, I'm going to give you three examples right here uh, of people that, that stood up, that spoke up, and they, they acted up. They went against the common grain. And what you've got to understand is that yeah, I want to show you what to act up is. Cause you Turn to your neighbor and say, you probably don't want to act up. Let's, let's look at the definition. This is what it means to act up. To act in a way that's different from normal or expected. Let me give you an example. Well, if you want to practice homosexuality or lesbianism, I'm going to still love you. If you want to practice gay marriage, I'm going to love you. But it is an (laughs) abomination before God. Now, that is not the norm any longer. Because somebody's going to say, You just hurt my feelings. I could care less about your feelings. I'm more concerned about your soul. And so is God. To act up is to become active after being quiescent. What the heck does quiescent mean? I didn't know. I had to look it up. I could stand up here and act like I know, but I didn't. It means after being inactive and unresponsive. We made a mistake. That says response. It means quiescence means to be inactive and unresponsive. Well, I think I'll do marijuana and drugs for a while. It's okay with me. I don't care. No, you do care. In other words, you are speaking up and vocal and active about what you believe is the truth of the Word of God. So tell your neighbor, it's okay to act up. Doesn't mean you're going to burn a flag or burn something or whatever. Now, Hobby Lobby. David Green, founder of Hobby Lobby, took a stand against morality. And he has had all sorts of flaming arrows come against him and Hobby Lobby. I recommend all of you go to Hobby Lobby and shop and spend your money. They're spending more money, they're sending more money to the mission field than probably any other company in America, and I don't know that for a fact. But my guess is they do. They meet every month and just spend millions of dollars into the world to help people and to help ministries and things like this. But they took a stand what was the stand the stand was we don't believe in abortion we don't believe it's scriptural we don't believe that we should have to pay our money from our company because our company was donated uh, uh, was uh, uh, dedicated to, to God to go against what we believe is our scriptural belief and all hell broke loose all hell broke loose but they won in the Supreme Court we need to give the Lord a hand for the, I'm, that I that is so powerful Powerful. It has affected every nation and every every company in this nation that is, is dedicated to the Lord, work of the Lord. They they have set a precedent that can never be broken. And thank God we have a president now who's along those lines. Some people say our president is not a true Christian. I don't really care what he is as long as he does what God wants him to do. If God can use an ass, he can. Is it an ass? Or was it was a donkey. <laughs> But it fits better the way I was going to say it. If God can use a donkey, he can use Donald Trump. (laughs) I'm sorry. So I don't care whether he knows the Lord like we think he should or not. If he keeps doing the right thing, I'm all for him. Then we have Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A took a stand. They don't think that they should have to do things like that. They took a stand. And everybody in the in, in the liberal, progressive, demonically controlled people of the devil who are against things that are not scripture. Scriptural came against them. Thank God for Mike Huckabee, who organized a Chick-fil-A Day every year to everybody, all the Christians go to Chick-fil-A and eat, and their business has spread prospered even though they've been boycotted. And some cities, some cities were the mayors. I think it was Chicago. Is it, was not it Ron Emanuel? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's a good co-worker with the enemy. Uh, up there in Chicago, he boycotted Chick-fil-A from coming because they don't like gay marriage. Folks, it's time to make a stand. It really is. It's time to make a stand. But they took the flack. But they just acted up right in the middle of it. They weren't quiet, they just spoke up. Now, this is gonna date you. Bill O'Brien's gonna know it because Bill O'Brien knows everything, even though Sue shakes her head when I say that. But but, how many of you remember? Because if you're not willing to take some arrows, you gotta get a shield of faith up. And if you're a people pleaser, you're never gonna make it. You're never gonna be a general in those last days. You're not gonna be an officer. You're not going to, you may not even be in the army somewhere, but you're going to have to be willing to fight those arrows off when people come against you. How many of you remember Anita Bryant? How many of you don't remember Anita Bryant? Many of you. Anita Bryant, spokesperson back in the 60s for Coca-Cola, America's darling. Everybody loved Anita Bryant. She was a wonderful singer, a wonderful performer. Coca-Cola signed her so that she would be their representative. Everything was going great. And then the, it wasn't called the lesbian, gay, transvestite, queer something. That's it. LB. You all know what I'm talking about. I can't remember all the letters. It used to be you couldn't use the word queer but now you can use the word queer because they can tolerate it. So I don't understand all this. Now turn to your neighbor and say, lighten up. You'll go away soon. But you got to get your language down so you don't offend anybody. Glory to God. What, what a trick of the devil. Don't make anybody upset. Oh, my goodness. So she says very innocently in a statement, somebody was interviewing her. They, I, I, most people think she was trying to be trapped. And they said, what do you think about... People that are homosexual are lesbian. And she said, I don't believe it's scriptural. I don't believe it's right. I believe it's a sin. All hell broke loose against her. Even the mainstream media broke loose. Coca-Cola fired her on the spot because they didn't want to stop selling their Cokes. And she began to plummet financially, and in many other areas. But to her credit, she said, I am not sorry for what I said. I serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe that this is America, and I believe we have free speech. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have free, have free speech. Now, if we don't use it, then we'll lose it. If you don't use it, you will lose it. And a lot of inactivity has happened in this nation with the body of Christ. One of the reasons Donald Trump is, is president of the United States, as you all know probably, is because the evangelical community decided to vote. Christians across this nation decided to vote that this nation is going the wrong direction. And it, I don't think it was a choice between uh, two evils. I believe it was a choice between an apparent evil mandate of all of these things that are going to be done uh, contrary to the Word of God versus somebody that was a complete unknown but said they're going to do the right things. I don't really know. I know this. My wife is a very outspoken person. Uh, She loves people. I know she doesn't want to upset people, but she's very outspoken uh, most of the time if she feels like God is showing her. And some of you have heard this story, but when we first went to Tulsa, Uh, I was a brand-new Christian. I didn't know much at all. And Pam had served the Lord much longer than I had. And and we didn't know anybody there and were invited to this home. And in this home, there were several people, probably 20, 30 people there. We're just sitting there around this table and different things, socializing and getting to know people and being adjusted to, to Tulsa and the new life. All I knew was God said, go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. And we really didn't know very many people out there, very few so this woman is saying, I'm going to divorce my husband because I'm called to be an evangelist. And he just doesn't want to serve God, and he's just not going to want to do what God wants him to do. And so I'm divorcing him, and I'm going into the ministry full time. And I'm sitting there thinking, so what? I was, I was inactive, you know. <laughs> it didn't matter to me whether she divorced him or not. I didn't care. I didn't even know her. And, and uh, so that's kind of that's where I was. And my wife's sitting there, part of the conversation. She said, well, I just don't believe that would be God. God is not mocked. Is that right? Is that the right scripture? What did you say, honey? Real loud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she said, God is not mocked. And uh, that couldn't be God. And the woman, we're all just sitting there. And the woman jumped up and started screaming, ah! I am not exaggerating. Honey, am I exaggerating? <laughs> oh, Like this. We just got to the party. And the woman starts running down the hallway. And the, other, the hostess would, oh, she's running after her. And, and, and the lady went in the bedroom, went under the bed, r- r- ran in the bedroom. I don't know how she fit, but she fit underneath the bed, <laughs> shut the door. And I'm sitting there thinking, and this is really kind of, I, I, it's not verbatim, I know now, because I can't remember. But it was kind of like, I bet we've really impressed these people. I mean, there's something like that. And, and I'm sitting there, and my wife's just sitting there. She's very calm, very reserved, and I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed. And the lady's wailing down there in this bedroom. And finally, the host came back out and said, I think it would be better if you folks left. We were kicked out of our first party in Tulsa because of my wife following the leading of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now, I am glad that she did, but at the time, I didn't know what happened. How many of you ever tried to reason with the, with the demon? There's no reasoning with them. That's why they're demons. They're dumb like that. You can't reason with them. Uh, they're serving the Antichrist. So you can't reason with people. You've got to tell people and the reason why we're having problems with young people is because parents haven't commanded them and they haven't disciplined them they want to be their buddies i think it's possible to be a buddy with your child and to command your child and to discipline your child but if you got to give up one of the three give up the buddy they can find another buddy but they need to be commanded They need to be disciplined. They need to understand the word of God and the things of God. How many of you wish you'd been a little bit more disciplined when you were younger by your parents? Can I see your hand? My hand is raised. My dad let me get by with about anything. My mom thought I could do no wrong. Now, my dad knew I could do wrong, but he let me get by with it. My mom didn't think I could do anything wrong. Oh, Billy is just such a good boy. Oh, if my mom ever knew. Glory to God. Okay, now. I want, to, I want to go on here because America is under attack, and I want to give you four different ways uh, uh, that America is currently, I think, the thing that's getting God's attention. Number one is abortion. Don't think that God's not going to judge this nation. You can't kill 60, 70 million children and say God's going to continue to bless us. That's just not going to happen, folks. I tell you, that's just not going to happen. You might say, well, wait a minute. I'm not in on that abortion industry, folks. Folks. If you are part of this nation, you are part of the judgment that's going to come on this nation. And we've got to do something about the abortion situation. Number one is abortion. Number two is the immorality. The immorality is running wild in America, wild in America. Number three, it's the sanctity of marriage. This is getting God's attention, don't you think it's not? God is into marriage, God ordained marriage, God ordained birth, God ordained babies, and God is not pleased with what's going on in this nation. And then the fourth thing that we really need to think about and we need to look about is this constitution Our founding fathers believed that this constitution was given to us by Almighty God. They believed God birthed this constitution. When you read this, this constitution is still a light to the world on freedom. The freedom that God has given us. Most Americans, with the exception of David and Perpetua, haven't even read the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. I guarantee you David and Perpetua have. We've got copies of these. If you didn't get your copy Sunday, pick this thing up. I want to encourage all of you because we have to do something. How many of you realize it looks overwhelming? It looks overwhelming. Everybody says it's not overwhelming. But you got to do your part. It might be only one starfish that you pick up and save and, 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 and are able to share about this nation, about the things that God wants to do. But you got to do something. On the screen, you're going to see in just a moment Hillsdale College up in Michigan, a fantastic Christ-centered conservative college that is offering... Uh, uh, Constitution 101. It's so cool. It is absolutely free. They feel that it is so important that Americans understand the Constitution, that they are offering this class free. You do it at your own leisure. You do it on the internet. You email them. The instructions are there. Sandy's going to have instructions written at the end of the service. You can pick it up. You can take this. I just enrolled in this. I want to do it again. Uh, Not again. I haven't done that one, that particular one. But I want to understand the Founding Fathers and what God has meant for our Constitution that is still a light to the entire world. And I encourage all of you to take this. No charge whatsoever. You get a diploma for it. Every week you'll get a lesson. You'll be able to do it at your time frame. Now, why am I saying all of this? Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. Let's take a look over there in the time frame we have left. We are running out of Time. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Turn to your neighbor and say, Let's humor them along and say yes. Okay, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Such a powerful, powerful scripture. It's time to tell the truth. Let's all say that. It is time, it is time to, tell to tell the truth. And if we don't tell the truth as the body of Christ, then how are our kids going to know the truth? I was talking to my grandkids the other day, two of them, and uh, I was amazed. I, I want to know their reasoning process. I don't want to just tell them what they're supposed to believe. I want to know what they believe and then tell them what they should believe. I'm amazed at some of the things they think they believe, but I know that they're hearing from a very liberal slanted school system that has been taken over for the most part in many parts of this nation by the enemy himself, by the enemy himself. Who would ever think that you couldn't pray in school? How many of you were raised in a school system where you could pray? How many of you were raised in a school system where the the teacher could talk about Jesus or whatever? You're very fortunate if you could. Back in my era, you certainly could do that and the teachers could do that. But in the era now, the enemy's gotten in there and he's really stirred things up. And, and, And people are saying, this is really the way it is. It's okay now. It's okay to do these things. It's okay to do this. It's okay to be that. It's okay to do this. Look at what the Word of God says. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter the word woe is interesting it means there will be grief there will be regret there will be misfortune there will be grievous distress and there will be great affliction i believe in parts of America today, Lafayette is a bubble. This is the bubble. This is not what's happening in a lot of parts of America. I believe in America today we have a lot of grief. I believe we have a lot of regret, misfortune, grievous distress, and great affliction going on. But the good news is, turn to, the, turn to your neighbor and say, it's the good news. The Calvary is on the way. The body of Christ, what is that fairy tale or whatever it was where this guy is tied down? Gulliver's travel? Gulliver's travel. And they come along, and somebody eats the rope or something, and all of a sudden he gets up, and this giant stands up, and the giant is back on his feet again. I believe the body of Christ is on their feet right now. But I think we have a problem. I think they think it's okay. Trump is in the White House. He's signing executive orders. Everything's going to be okay. Folks, the only time everything's going to be okay is that this nation turns back to God, and we haven't turned yet. Turn to your neighbor and say it. Now, if you don't believe this, don't say it. But turn to your neighbor and tell them, we haven't turned yet. This nation has not turned yet. This nation came to arms and went to arms when they went to the pole, I believe, and defeated something that would have kept us going down this track. But right now, I think we've got a serious problem. We've got to turn back to God. God is the answer for this nation. Now, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and that he'll not depart when he gets older. Well, who's gonna train our children? Who's gonna train our children? Who's gonna train your children and your grandchildren? If you have them at faith, they're probably gonna get a good dose of the gospel. If you have them in a public school, the education that they get will only be as good as the teacher they have because they are restricted. They aren't restricted by God, but they're restricted by their peers to say and do certain things. I mean, who would think to teach a child on evolution? Evolution is not of God. Have you ever thought about evolution? And now all of our schools teach evolution, but they don't teach it from the perspective that God created mankind. Do you know when they talk about primates and coming out of the... Just think about this just for a moment. I heard this somewhere years ago, and it really stuck with me. Whether it's a primate out of the ocean, or whether it's a gorilla or an imp or a a chimpanzee or whatever this thing, do do you know that it's always in the issue of blood And not one single animal's blood can be mixed with a human's blood. You can't transfer the blood. That's not a question of evolution. It's a question of the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. blood. We have the blood of God flowing through us, and it's sacred. Turn to your neighbor and say, that blood is sacred. So when you understand these things, you understand, well, well, who's going to tell the truth? Folks, if it doesn't come from you, they may not get it. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, we're going to close with this. It is so powerful. And we, we close with this Sunday, too. But I want, to, I want to give you an assignment if you would do it. Number one, you've got to read the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution to understand what's the foundation of the house. What is this nation all about? Why do all of our representatives, all of our senators, all of our judges, why do they swear an oath to the Constitution? To defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We have domestic enemies like we've never had before. The chicken, no, not the chicken in the hen house. What's it go? The fox is in the ch- the fox is in the hen house. The fox is in the hen house, and I tell you what he's in. The, I'm not going to tell you what party is a good party and a bad party because I think they're both bad. I really do. They both make bad decisions. But you yourself, if you look at the Democratic Party plank, you look at the Republican Party plank, and you determine which one lines up scripturally, and you'll have a no-brainer to determine which party is representing the Bible, to the best extent. No problem whatsoever. But you need to read this, the the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. Then you need to pray. 2 Corinthians 7.14 does not talk to the sinner. It doesn't talk to the person serving the devil. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from whose wicked ways, Whose wicked ways? Their wicked ways. He's talking to his people. And he's saying, I believe you guys have let this thing go the wrong way. You need to stand up. Now, I'm not quoting God. This is quoting me. You need to stand up. You need to speak up. And you need to act up because we can make a difference. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. This is our Lamb. Then I will hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Let's stand to our feet. Who is it? We have to actually humble ourselves and say, God, Forgive me for not being more involved in the things in America. Forgive me for not running for an office. How many of you have ever thought you should run for an office? Can I see your hand? Two or three of you, okay. How many of you have ever thought you should get more involved than you are? Can I see your hand? Maybe run for the school board. Maybe run for whatever those things are where they approve the books that will be used in the school. Maybe to be involved in, in some organization. You get something in the mail and it says, we need a volunteer in this area for la da da da, And you look at it and say, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. Oh, I don't have time for that. And you put it out. And all of a sudden, we all just don't have time for anything other than go to work and make money and cut our grass and trim our hedges. And in the meantime, America continues to go downhill. There's a book written years ago by uh, uh, Robert Borg. He was a Supreme Court nominee. Brilliant man, wonderful man, brilliant man. He was destroyed by the demonic forces of certain parties in this nation because they didn't want him because he was a conservative Christian and he was f- on fire. And he had written a book that nobody uh, cared much for. Uh, either before or after he was, there's a, there's a term that they use now for Supreme Court justice nominees. They borked him. In other words, they crucified him. They tried to make him look horrible. Somewhat what they did with Sarah Palin and other people who come to the forefront and say, you need to put the gospel first. Well, you want to get a flaming arrow, just do what you're supposed to do and they'll be coming. But the good news is you have a shield of faith. Tell your neighbor you have a shield of faith. Turn back tell them, I don't care what people think about me. Oh, that was too weak. I want you to turn and tell them, I don't care what people think about me. you got to be strong when it comes to that one. And he wrote a book called Slouching Toward Gomorrah. It was a book about America. This was written back in 1980s, the early 80s, middle 80s. And the basic premise of the book is this. If America does not change its course, it will be no different than Sodom and Gomorrah. Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, made this statement sometime before she died. She's talking to her husband, and she said, do you think God's judgment will come upon America? He said, honey, I believe it will if we don't change. She said, well, if God doesn't judge America for all of our sins of abortion and immorality and everything that has happened, He's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a quote from Ruth Grant. I don't know when God's judgment is going to come on America because God is going to judge the nations of the world. But I believe God is calling the church. I believe God is calling his people to make a difference. This is the second thing I'm going to ask you to do. Every day, sometimes, best time to do it is so you don't forget when you get up every day. Pray specifically for a need that you see in this nation. Pray specifically to loose the power of God in an area that you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you. Pray specifically to bind something that's going on that you know that is contrary to the Word of God. I believe with all of my heart. Donald Trump is waffling, in my opinion, on defunding Planned Parenthood. I believe they should be defunded immediately because it is an abortion industry. It has already been proven that selling body parts. Folks, this is a no-brainer. We need to pray. Somebody's going to say, well, they do some good. Folks, woe be to those people who think that the devil is going to do some good. The devil is in Planned Parenthood. No question about that. We need to be in prayer. How many of you would pray for America every day? Just whatever you feel like, just between you and God. But if you would do that every morning when you get up and say, God, what do you want me to pray for America today? Pray for Donald Trump. Pray for President Trump. Pray for President Pence. Maybe uh, that might be a Freudian slip. Pray for Vice President Pence. <laughs> uh, pray, pray for them, for the, them to have wisdom. Father, I pray that this message is not a hard message. I believe it's a call to arms. I believe, Lord, you're calling your people to wake up, to stand up, to speak up, and, Lord, to act up, to just be able to be an oracle for you, just like Jesus was, just as Jesus was. We are to walk the same way. And I thank you for that, Lord. I pray for every single person. While we're bowed in prayer, I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer. If you're here and you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, we need to settle that issue. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. If you've, you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, you know you've walked away from the things of God, time to come home. If I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. You'd say, my, my, my life is not right with God. I know I I need to come back to the Lord. Is there anyone at all? It would take just a moment. Now, looks like everybody here is homegrown or at least knows the Lord as the Word and Savior. I don't want you to do this just because I say so. But how many of you, now this is my description, not yours, but how many of you would be willing? To stand up, to speak up, and to act up my description. Now let me rephrase it. How many of you would be willing to do anything and say anything that God wants you to do, any place he wants you to do it, regardless of the consequences? How many of you would be open to Father, I pray for every hand that is lifted. This is a time for the body of Christ to come to the forefront, to make a decision. I am on assignment from God. I am part of God's army. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. I have the shield of faith. I have the word of God. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Therefore, I can be an oracle for God. Lord I give you my heart I give you my life I pray that over every single person now let's all make this confession together right now Lord forgive me for times when I haven't done what I should have done I'm part of your army I've heard the word I'm ready to serve whatever you would have me to do wherever I will speak forth whatever you say I will do whatever you say to do I will not be fearful of man I have the shield of faith I have the word of God I have the power and the dominion of the Holy Ghost so therefore my assignment is to yield to you and to be whatever you say for me to be together I believe we can make a difference how many of you believe that I believe that there are great days ahead for America but I believe there was a time under David when there were still great days ahead for the children of God I believe that for Solomon but both of them did not bring forth the will of God and were not led by the word of God the way he wanted them to go I believe it's not too late for America. So let's go out of here tonight saying this. It's not too late for America. And America needs me. But more importantly, America needs God. Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.